We're on reserves. Practice squad guys. I'm ready to roll if they need me. I'm 26 years old. I'm ready to roll. I played two years. Varsity. I'm in the best shape of my life. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. Tuesday, January 21st, I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, No Dunkers. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Lily's on fire if you heard the ambulance or the... <laughs> it's the fire brigade. That's right. And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Guys, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. Email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. Step it on the beach a little later this week, so get those questions in. And if you have specific questions about the Raptors, you got a few hours to get those in right now. We'll be talking with the Athletics' Eric Kareen a little bit later today here on Tuesday, so keep your eyes and your ears on that pod, which we'll be dropping again later Tuesday afternoon, talking all things raps. Homers! <laughs> That's all Lee's going to be saying the entire <laughs> podcast. We're going to um, talk about rings, why Jay Skeets didn't get his ring, yeah. of course, why Jonas Valanciunas didn't get his ring, of course. All fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Not just basketball stuff. If you're a non-Raptors fan, I think you might enjoy it. Here's what we're doing today, though. We're going to go through all 14 games from the loaded schedule that was Martin Luther King Day on Monday. All 14, all right? The biggest takeaway from each game. We've divvied these up. And let's start with Lili. We're going to start with the Celtics' 139-107 victory over the Lakers on TNT. Lee, your biggest takeaway from the Beantown beatdown. The Celtics are an El Tizo team. They're Hmm. very, very good at their best. Very impressive. They play great basketball, but they have a few snoozers in there as well. Before the game against the Lakers yesterday, the last home game was against the Phoenix Suns. Now, there was a couple of injuries, no Kemba Walker, no Jalen Brown, but they lost to a the Phoenix Suns at home. They shouldn't lose that game. That's in the past, man. I know. Focus on this game. What are, this is what I'm Which saying. Which is also in the past. This game <laughs> yesterday, in the first couple of minutes, the Lakers came out with Anthony Davis back. Defensively, they were locked in. They were blocking shots. The Celtics couldn't even get the ball near the hoop. Yep. The, the Lakers jumped out to an 8-0 run, and you thought, yeah, okay, the Lakers seem ready for this. LeBron in Boston, that always gives him a little bit more energy. But then all of a sudden... The Celtics just took over the game and blew the Lakers out mm-hmm. and maintained that lead and were fantastic. And Jalen Brown had a big dunk, which everyone's talking about because he dunked on LeBron, stared him down, got a very gentle tech foul for it. He didn't need to do that. It was a gentle stare down. This is so stupid, it's just staring the, at a guy and getting I, a tech it, after you dunk on him. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. You know what's but, really dumb about it? So not to take us off you know, on a crazy tangent here, but like we allow the bench to literally go insane, right? Like, if anything happens on the floor, somebody gets their ankles broken, somebody gets dunked on, a huge block, we allow the bench guys to literally go insane. They go crazy. They basically are half the time on the floor. Mm -hmm. They're dancing around. We all love it. I'm saying I love it. This is so fun. But they don't get teched up. But heaven forbid a guy looks at the guy after yeah. he dunks. On. It's so stupid. And I me. think you know, you know, NBA players understand if you get dunked on, the guy who dunks on you is allowed to talk a little smack to you. Totally agree. You you, you accept that. And LeBron's been dunked on a few times. He's got plenty of dudes over his career. But there's been times in Boston where he's been hit, and it's like, yep, okay, fair enough. By both young Celtics now. Yeah, Jason exactly. Tatum right. gave it to him in the playoffs. Tatum that even was... gave him a chest bump afterwards. I don't think he got a T for that one. That's from what I remember. Playoff yeah. intensity. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, this is the thing with the Celtics. When you, when you look back at their season, uh, last week in Milwaukee, when they were shorthanded, they were looking like they were going to get blown out, and they nearly pulled off victory. Then at home, as I mentioned there, they've lost to the Pistons at home recently. They've lost to the Suns at home. The Lakers come to town, and all of a sudden it's like, man, this team could be the best team in the East if everything falls into place yeah. for them. So um, I'm not sure if it, yesterday was just because of the game and the day and the moment. Maybe all the Celtics just got up for it and everything went right. But when you see a performance like that, you certainly feel they are a lot closer to the Milwaukee Bucks uh, than the Bucks are sort of just running away with the Eastern Conference and we sort of assume they're going back to the... or they're going to the NBA Finals this year. I thought... So you think the Celtics are closer to being a contender than a pretender? For sure. Right. On a performance like yesterday. But of course, go back a couple of days and yeah, you're like, okay, sure. <laughs> but but again, the, the players in and out of lineup, but that happens to everyone. Every team has to deal with injuries, so the Celtics certainly can't. And they don't use it as an excuse. Uh, but... 
yesterday they were. Impre- I was looking forward to this game, and it was a boring game because it was such a blowout, but an, an impressive blowout by Boston. Yeah, I think the the injuries is the key thing. The Celtics, you kind of just have to look at the injury report to know if they're going to show up for that night. Because if they got their guys healthy, they're able to throw three guys out on the perimeter who put up 20 points. And then Gordon Hayward added another 16. Uh, I called them a collegiate team on our Word Association podcast. And I think that they need to have all of their guys on the court to just make sense of everything. Because there's not mm-hmm. the number one guy who's just going to take over from for every single game. Kemba Walker can do it some games. Gordon Hayward can do it some games. Tatum can do it some games. But uh, the Celtics are a definite strength in numbers team. So when the numbers are there, the strength is strong. I didn't notice (laughs) watching the game, um, but I saw a Celtics blog write about it today. Stevens really went with like a playoff-like rotation in this game against the Lakers. You know, he in the competitive minutes of the game, he went with his five starters, of course, Kemba, Jalen, Hayward, Tatum, and Tice. And then just three bench players, Marcus Smart, Cantor and Ojale, who all had you know really solid games. Cantor in the second quarter was yeah. great. You yeah. gotta love national TV Cantor. <laughs> yeah, he gets blasted uh, against other teams when the games aren't quite as noteworthy. But he'll show up for a playoff game. He'll show up for a big game against the Lakers. And they treated it as such. I guess is the point here. I'm going with sort of just the eight guys uh, to make a statement, and, and really, you know, they did. They just absolutely hammered hammered the Lakers, and it was sort of a it was a disappointing game in that sense, yeah. being the national televised game because it was a blowout. You just expected the Lakers to make a strong push at some point but but Boston held firm so good on them good on the Beantown boys yeah they had lost three in a row so they're going to come back good teams come back uh the Lakers obviously biggest deficit or biggest margin of deficit of the season 32 points but that just shows they're a championship team good teams get spanked I mean the Warriors got spanked over and over again they won a championship it's totally fine LeBron's teams in the playoffs have got spanked before I think it's totally fine I don't think it's a bad sign on their end uh, the Celtics just took it to them. It didn't. They didn't allow AD to ease into things coming back after five games, and uh, I mean they they just destroyed them in every department. Second chance points, rebounding when they're not a bigger team, mm-hmm. uh, fast break points. They shot fifty six percent. This was just a spank job, and because they had lost three in a row, and they're not going to lose four in a row. But I think you know that's a sign of a good team. They are in that cluster behind the Bucks with. Everybody, the Heat, Raps, Celtics, Sixers, and Pacers are within two and a half games Ooh. of each other, and that's that's five teams right there. They're all they're all family. The uh, <laughs> the the group behind the Bucks, the Bucks are just looking behind them, and there's that monstrous cluster of teams. All right, let's keep it moving here. Blazers one twenty nine, Warriors one twenty four in overtime. My biggest takeaway from this one: Damian Lillard and Kevin Harlan are national <laughs> treasures. Both of them. They really are. I mean, Harlan on this call, this is Blazers-Warriors. It's the last game of a of a 14-game slate. And, uh, you know, he's treating it like it's Game 7 of the NBA Finals. He's that good. He, it's just so much fun with him. He's on the, the best. Call. He really is the best. But Damian Lillard, he was setting records literally left and right last night. His 61 points, that eclipsed his own Blazers franchise record. Okay. Got it done at the line, too, Lily. 16 for 16. Perfect Beautiful. at the free throw line. He became the first player in NBA history with 60-plus points and 10-plus three-pointers in a game, which was funny timing. Trey, you were talking about guys right. that got up 20 three-point attempts in a Welcome game. Welcome to the Marcus Smart Club. On Monday, that's right. He went 11 for 20. He's just the sixth player with multiple 60-point games in history. And he also passed Kemba Walker's 52 for the most points scored on MLK Day. Hmm. And this was a very entertaining game. And the Warriors, despite the loss are playing some entertaining basketball here over the last little stretch. And so many guys were injured in both of the, on both sides, Blazers and the Warriors, and we still got this out of it. Yeah, uh, and what about the shot from Lillard there to tie it? Alec oh, Burks. That was great defense. That was imp- unbelievable defense. Yeah, you can't uh, play it any better. No, no, and that, but that's kind of his area in that spot. You know, it, it yep. was obviously a little closer than the, the big one he hit against the Thunder in the playoffs last year, but everyone knew it's like Lillard's going to take this shot, and Burks knew, and he did. He could not do anything better than that. I, I should point out, Burks couldn't do anything better. I guess if you're the Warriors and Steve Kerr, you know that's coming, right. so maybe run four guys at him. Yeah. <laughs> Just let anybody sure. else shoot the ball. But, uh, yeah, what a crazy, crazy shot. Um, he was awesome. He was. And, and the Blazers only had nine guys going in this. Four of their starters and then Gary Trent Jr. all played over 41 minutes. Um, and they pulled this out. And every one of these wins is going to help the Blazers' chances of trying to get back into the playoff race here. And that's, that was Lillard just putting the team on his back. Lillard putting the team on his back and Hassan Whiteside seriously showing up. 17-21, six blocks. He was a presence inside, and I just thought it was great poise from the Blazers to go into overtime. They got down right away in overtime and then still came back uh, to pull off the win. Just a nice reminder, Damian Lillard, there's no question he's going to make the All-Star team this year, but the guy is flying under the radar having 
once again an incredible season, but since the Blazers are struggling, you're not getting a lot of Lillard shine, but he brought back the watch last night. Yeah. He's tapping on that. Very cool to see. I don't know if we've seen it yet this season, but I guess it's Lillard time. Get your votes in. Well, It'll, don't get your votes in. It's it's done now. It's done now. <laughs> uh, ten and a half hours ago. Right. You're too late. But uh, Damian Lillard, yeah, it's uh, it's odd to think that just a few years ago he was sort of a bubble all-star year in and year out, and and he was complaining about not making it. And now there's no question, as you said, Trey, that he's going to make it. He's having a career year in some ways, but really flying under the radar because their team is kind of poor. But it, it's not one of those Eastern Conference, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, Trey Young situations where he's on a losing team and he's not going to get in. He's definitely going to get in. On the other side, uh, I just was watching Alec Burks score and score and score. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy who teams take a chance on at the deadline in the, in the past and say, hey, maybe he can be our... Jordan Clarkson, like they picked up in Utah. Alec Burks was in Utah once upon a time. They tried him, but he's never really flourished. Will someone trade here in the last two weeks for an Alec Burks? Or more likely, I think Burks probably sticks around with the Warriors. Nobody takes a chance on him. And maybe he could be a benchmark for a good Warriors team next season. Mm. But uh, the guy can ball and score. He's getting a chance for sure. All right, Spurs 120, Suns 118. Closest game from yesterday in terms of the final score. Yeah, we had a couple overtime games, of course, Mm. but closest ending result. Uh, Task biggest takeaway from the Spurs' two-point victory. Well, the Spurs bench put 47 on the board, and Derek White had 25 of them. The Spurs' second-half push starts now. They're going to outwork. They're going to outwork teams. You know, that .5 games are out of a playoff spot behind the Grizzlies is nothing. They're going to outwork those Grizzlies in the second half because traditionally Spurs... That's what they do. The bench is a big part of, of outworking teams. Pop maximizes that bench. So if the Grizzlies think they're sitting pretty, uh, they got another thing coming. <laughs> Pop, Pop, Pop and this bench are going to make things go. And uh, they've been good this year. The, the bench, again, has been good this year. But Derek White hasn't been incredible. I think it's time to unleash Derek White. Uh, he had a season-high 25. And uh, there was talk before this season that this may be the best guard rotation in the league. What? I know it's, it seems a little far-fetched. DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan. Bryn Forbes and Derek White and Alani Walker sort of guard forward. They're not. They haven't got it done to a point where they can. And I think uh, now they're going to be unleashed. I think the second half of the season, the bench is going to win them some games, just like it did in this one. They have a one game left, I believe, too, against the Grizzlies in March. But the Spurs right now are up two one in that series, so that could be big in in terms of a tiebreaker. You know, take that game, you're up three one, you got the season series, maybe you're tied at the end of the year. But you think the Spurs? Here we go, eh? Mm. I mean, <laughs> yeah. look, look, you every every year happens every year. Yeah. They're getting in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Derek White was a you know he was a story on USA Basketball as a sort of an under underperformer. Like he didn't do a ton out there, and uh, you know he shone a little bit last year in the playoffs against the Denver Nuggets in that first round playoff series. He showed he's a baller, but he hasn't been. His numbers are fine. They're actually decent, surprisingly better than I thought. But um, they they just haven't really unleashed everybody, all those young, talented players. They haven't unleashed DeJounte Murray. They haven't unleashed Lonnie Walker. And they haven't unleashed Derek White. And he will. He will get going at some point. And the Spurs bench, again, it's going to be a second quarter in February against the team. And the other team's bench is going to fall asleep a little bit like the Grizzlies bench will when they play in March, I'm sure, in this this team, they just get the most out of their bench players, and it'll happen. Yeah, it also helped, um, you know, you said Derek White was great off the bench, but Bryn Forbes hitting 8-3 sure yeah. helps your chances to win a game, too, in a, in a very tight game. Uh, he was on fire, 8-for-11 from yeah. downtown. This was almost a blowout win, but the Suns came back yeah, in the fourth. Yeah, oh, Booker, I mean, he had a little takeover in this game. Mm-hmm. That was sort of cool, but yeah, couldn't get it done in the end. All right, next one, 76ers, 117 on the road, get the victory, versus the Nets, 111. Trey, biggest takeaway from the Sixers win. Ben Simmons is an all-star. And if you wanted to talk me into putting him in your starting lineup, <laughs> I would listen to you. Yep. The guy can do everything except for shoot. But he can do everything else. And when Embiid is not on the court, I feel like Simmons is able to do anything else. He's not just the point guard. He's not just the dunker. He's kind of everything. He'll be the point guard. He'll be the dunker. He'll be a roll man. He'll be a short roll man. He'll get some post-ups. They were posting him up at the free throw line and letting him create mm-hmm. last night. He has won multiple games for the Sixers during this stretch with Embiid out, making defensive plays at the end of the game. And I don't know, he just um, he's a menace. Uh, when it's Thibel and Simmons oh. on the court together, good luck completing a pass. Uh, they just have so long arms, and they're both big and strong, and they have great instincts. Uh, they really turned the game around in the second half, playing defense, and Simmons kind of playing the small ball five, rolling a lot. He looked incredible. 
ended up with, uh, what, 34, 12, and 12, five steals, two blocks. That is a near five-by-five, five, and that's a big timeline right there. <laughs> ben a, Simmons has looked great lately. Hardwood yeah. Paroxysm, I think it was, put up a minute highlight of Philadelphia defense. Yeah. And it in was, the fourth, I think, it right? was incredible to yeah. watch because of those guys you mentioned there, just making it so hard for the for the Nets to even have a clean possession. They were moving, they were rotating. The strength and the size of, of Simmons and Thibault is, is just an incredible uh, matchup for any team. Yeah. And when Philadelphia has that advantage to be able to really shut down guys, it gives it, it just makes them look so much better. They're another team that that at times this season have looked great, other times they've really looked awful. But uh, yesterday, Simmons and you talk about shooting. I mean, ten for fourteen from the free throw line last night. That's mm-hmm. that's great for him as yeah. well. So, yeah. the, the, the attempts to begin with, yep. and then yeah, knocking them down with a decent consistency, seventy one percent. Yeah, but uh, it's not often you see a team so committed defensively as uh, Philadelphia got in that stretch there, and, and and it was great. It makes things interesting with. Uh Joel Embiid not playing in these games and the Sixers getting these wins and Simmons like dominating like he's like over his last five games he's averaging like 24 10 and 8 shooting 66 percent from the floor um and they've look they've beaten the Nets now twice they beat the Bulls they beat the Knicks okay I mean these are not amazing teams um but he is just you're it's just a different team they play with more pace um there's no doubt they're just faster um and maybe they're better but also Joel Embiid is awesome and he's a great defender so it's a weird thing can they make this work? It's really tough, too, because Simmons and Thibault, they can't shoot. And Thibault's pretty bad offensively. He, he can hurt you offensively. So when Embiid is back, it's really tough, I think, to play Simmons and Thibault at the same time because then you're getting down to you need just Josh Harrison and Tobias Harris, or maybe if Harris is out, it's Horford to be the shooters. Josh. Uh, owner Josh Harris? <laughs> yeah, jo- Josh Harris. Wow. <laughs> yeah, get him on the court. Why not? Hey, listen, Josh Richardson. There you go. It, there and Tobias, two, Tobias Richardson. Harris, yeah. <laughs> They're a two-headed monster. It feels like that anyway. There's yeah, too, many, exactly. too many teams playing. Let's well, they're be the honest. same guy. It's like uh, one's taller than the other, and I would like them both to shoot a little bit more. Yeah, because uh, yeah, you got to have the shooting out there. The same guys that are good around Simmons are the same guys that are good around Embiid, but you just can't get to the third guy who's not a shooter on the court. And they may not be dynamic enough to overcome that that lack of space. The yeah, the defense is great, uh, but somebody's going to have to score, and there's just the spacing looks good with Simmons and Horford out there. But then you add a, a Simmons, Horford, and Embiid. It's just there's there's just no space. Yeah. I mean that's that's just the way it is. Watch the Bucks games. We'll get to the Bucks and the uh, the Bulls later. Giannis is a bigger Ben Simmons, and they have four guys around. They have four spacers around him, and he's unstoppable. And then you throw in even Horford. You know, crowds a little bit of Definitely. Embiid space oh, yeah. and Simmons space. That's just where he is. Uh, but it, it's interesting how the general thought thought process in the NBA world is now these guys can't play together it's just it's turned in 40 games like oh this is a juicy a juicy idea here and they can win games and they can win a playoff series or two playoff series just it's harder and harder to think that they're gonna win four playoff series um and i think simmons he was asked post game uh how how do you guys just endure without joel and And he's just said well give me the ball just give me the ball and and uh, and he does everything as he said trey and uh i just wonder how much he loves not being the number one guy <laughs> or hates it. You know what I mean? I, I think there's there's something there, and uh, I just wonder how long this thing goes uh, with this this process. Because uh, Harris and Richardson, maybe if one was incredible with the ball in his hands, maybe that you, you could overcome that spacing, but it's not happening right now. And speaking of guys who are incredible with the ball in their hands, Kyrie Irving, not even on the bench for the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. He wasn't in this game, hamstring injury. Not not an all-star. I know we're jumping to uh, conclusions after one game here a little bit, but I don't think well, he gets in the all-star he's game. He's not deserving to be an all-star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, didn't, he hasn't year. played enough. Yeah, but uh, if let's say he agree. went on a little bit of run, a little bit of a run since coming back from injury yeah. and played in every game, fans vote him in. There's a chance he could make it, especially in that wishy-washy Eastern Conference guard rotation. But I don't know. Why is he not on the bench? Durant's on the bench. I don't know. I'm Very speculating. Good question. Yeah. Uh, I'm so happy we've given this next game to Lily here. Thunder 112, Rockets 107, Houston meltdown, OKC comes back. Lee, what's your biggest takeaway? What did I talk about on yesterday's show? <laughs> Giving it a break. <laughs> Giving yeah. the three-pointer a break. Yeah, you specifically said, hey, when the three's not falling, Rockets, maybe try something else. Like, just give it a, give it a go. You give, yeah, give it a break. <laughs> Uh, James they, they Harden went one for 17 from three-point range yesterday. The Rockets were up by 15 points with uh, just about seven minutes to go in the fourth. Yep. 
a, a winnable game from there for sure. Uh, and then ironically, it was Danilo Gallinari who <laughs> buried some threes in Houston. Uh, and they... Houston just lost again. And why is it ironic that yeah. Danilo Gallinari? Well, because he was hitting threes and the oh, Rockets okay. couldn't hit threes. <laughs> okay. uh, but it was it was Gilgis Alexander as well and Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Chris Paul had a huge first half, twenty seven points. Only finished with twenty eight, yeah. yeah. But had some juice in this game for sure. Uh, that he just you know again he wanted to win this game. He he had a couple of plays like classic Chris Paul plays. Got the steal, hit a deep corner three. He was talking a little smack to PJ Tucker there. Oh yeah, looked great. I mean he was up for this game. And and again I, I, we we have talked a lot. Of about Chris Paul and I think he's an absolute lock for the All-Star game now because of the Thunder winning and he's been great I really really hope his body holds up for the second half of the season because um, so far it has and there's there's been no uh, load management with him he's out there playing this guy's got had a history of a ton of those you know muscle and hamstring strains that, that usually cost you two or three weeks hope he can stay healthy because I also said a few weeks ago if these two teams were to meet in the playoffs I think the Thunder could beat them. Well, they probably won't now because I think the Rockets are going to drop to the lower half of the playoff bracket, and I don't think the Thunder will climb above that. So mm. I don't think it's likely we'll see them. But uh, I thought, considering Stephen Adams went out in the first couple of minutes and didn't return. Yeah, that was scary. So the moose, the moose was protecting the paint. I mean, James Harden should live, live at the free throw line then. He didn't. Um, J- uh, Russell Westbrook, another triple-double, another impressive performance, but accounted for nothing. Because uh, the Rockets, again, they, they, they shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, it's, it's odd to see James Harden. He was 8 of 12 from two-point land. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the three-point three number is wild. The guys who have missed 16 three-pointers in their career, it's Harden, Harden, Harden. Den- Dennis Scott <laughs> did it once, but the list is all James Harden, really. Even Bill Worrell, the uh, Rockets play-by-play commentator, I think even he was getting a little bit, like, Come on, guys. Let's try something else here. Because Harden, the one three that he hit was basically his time ran out at the end of the second quarter. It was a nice one, you know, from the top of the paint. The, yeah. the little dribble, 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 step back, swish, knocked it in. And you can say homer for Bill Warhol. Oh, that, he's he's yeah. the, one of the biggest homers around. I was waiting around. for you to do that. <laughs> I mentioned the Raptors and I get blasted with that guy. They're the worst in the league. Yeah, that, that, that they are. Uh, We're but up there. He, he felt, because the Rockets now are, are on a bit of a, a rough patch here. They're losing games and... It's just the same way. Is it's what's happening? Is they're not, you know, the threes just not falling, and they're not trying anything else. So. Yeah, and this is crazy now. Like, okay, one of seventeen for Harden from three. He's also had basically similar games this year. I mean, he's had a two for sixteen. He's had a two for eighteen. He's had a couple four for twenties. I mean, this is. And then look, and then there are the nine for nineteens, and you're like, wow. And the ten for fifteen, you had that one time this yeah. year. It's like, but uh, that's what you're getting with Harden. But uh, it's just wild. This you, is so weird, especially with Westbrook playing well. Yeah. And the Rockets losing. This is the funniest part to me. It's like it'd be one thing if Westbrook he couldn't hit a shot too, and everyone's like, ah, oh, I don't know what's going on. They can't work together. It's just, it's just odd. Harden's tired. <laughs> I uh, he has so. looked tired ever since he had to come back in the fourth quarter against Atlanta, and he has had double digit makes in a game once since then I, I, he's wearing down a little bit manage that load let yeah. him chill hit the brakes take a take a break on it <laughs> what's <laughs> that what's the level you got to miss like nine threes and then you got to give it a break i think where so. do you cut it off i think so i mean i think he was i think he missed his first eight and so he hit that ninth mm-hmm. which is it's like that's the worst another one nine. to hit gets yeah. Another nine yeah, yeah, exactly so so he's actually ahead of schedule here <laughs> <laughs> but westbrook uh, you know again 16 for 24 from the field only one three-point attempt he's playing smart basketball yeah. smart basketball and and he looks like he's trying to get the team over the edge but he's just not getting any support which is which is crazy yeah. to think but honestly right now you can take harden's name out of the mvp race too he's off the yeah. table yeah he's out I, I right which is even more reason they should be resting him like yep. if, if that was always uh you know in years prior like gunning for that a little bit wanting to get those numbers uh, you know okay sure but yeah i'm with you it's not happening this year at all probably was never gonna happen even when he was scoring 40 points per game he wasn't even the mvp front runner get the guy some rest it's but look eric gordon is still mia yeah, really yeah. you know back from injury uh, Capella's is inconsistent the rest of the team is not all that amazing westbrook is the one playing well um attacking and, and he is finishing better at the rim and yeah. uh, James can't hit a shot. Yeah, and I don't think they're that far off. They have a double-digit lead with yeah. Eric Gordon, who is had a one-for-eight night and obviously will fly under the radar because he had a one-for-17 teammate and yeah. one-for-eight from three-point land specifically. The way they play, they need Eric Gordon to be halfway decent. Yep. And uh, he's shooting nine threes a game, which is wild, and four twos a game. That's that's his game. But 
just needs to make a shot or two. He's just not right. And then what about the story? I'm not I'm not sneezing here. A man by the name of Lugens Dort. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lugens Dort getting his Canadian. first career Definitely start. Canadian. Yeah. Canadian, yeah. Haitian parents, born in Montreal, Canada. And uh, making that key play down the stretch, Lugens Dort. Yep, yep. What a name. That is a great, great name. I saw Wob opened up his hair complaint about your team thread for yep. the Rockets, and there was there was a lot of, you lost the Lugens Dort. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw a little bit of that, too. Yeah, like uh, it's sort of like the therapy session, like yeah, yeah. talking about your team being crap. Um, a lot of people... <laughs> Get rid of James Harden, saying that, uh, yeah, that they need to trade James Harden. It's like, whoa, <laughs> things turn quickly when the team loses four in a row. All right, let's keep it moving here. Heat 118, Kings 113. That's an overtime victory for Miami. My biggest takeaway, it is wins like these that convince me the Heat are for real. And this is what I mean by this. No Jimmy Butler. Derek Jones Jr. missed a good chunk of this game because he got poked in the eyes. The Kings completely outplayed the Heat for a majority of this game. Out-hustled them, owned the glass. They just had, they just played better. They deserved really to win, but still the Heat pull it out. And that final slob play, you know, sidelines out of bounds play at the end of regulation after Bielitsa had missed and then got it back and scored, and it looks like the Kings are going to pull this off. And again, rightfully so, because they had sort of outplayed them. Um, Spolster calls, you know, Dragic to throw the perfect little pass Right at the rim. Bam gets away with a little bit of a push on Corey Joseph, but the bigger man there, perfect throw, um, and he just finishes it inside, and they go on to win in overtime. They were even down then. Didn't you know, they need James a Johnson. big underneath the Kings? Yeah. They got Corey Joseph underneath. They got Bagley on the inbounder. Barnes is the biggest guy, and he switches out. They thought a three-point shot was coming, and then just an alley-oop almost. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I think crazy. that's And Bagley key. was guarding the three-point line as the inbounder, so it was just a nice, easy pass. You're, you're right, but it was the Heat know that – in that situation, most teams, they almost switch everything. And that is why they had, you know, first off, they have all their shooters out there that you got to sort of stick with, and they sprint them to the corners. You know, Hero to the one corner, none up there. Uh, Duncan Robinson in the other corner. So you got to stay on them. And then you're right. They had, it, it was Barnes and Joseph having to switch on that little sort of screen in the middle of the paint, and they do because most teams, again, do that, and then it was easy. You're right. It was just a beautiful uh, – I mean, well, it was a perfect pass from Dragic. It was nice, yeah. Had to be right at the rim, and it was, and nice finish from Bam. But they go into win. James Johnson hit huge shots in this. It's just like that was my takeaway. They didn't really deserve to win this game. It should have been another home loss. should have been their second of the year. They lost to the Lakers at home, but instead they pulled it out, and that's what really good teams do, um, and I think they are one of them, especially without Jimmy. Well, and come playoff time, that home court advantage – Yeah could really come into play for them i mean they like say the lakers the only team to beat them there the the heat know how to win and protect home court and so many teams talk about that but the heat are actually out there doing it so yeah i mean without jimmy to to get that win when they looked like they were going to lose pretty pretty important for them even though it's against the kings yeah but the oh man i felt i don't know what was wrong with Aaron fox last night that man was getting the look at his little floaters he was getting to his spots and he could not get it to drop and then he had the big turnover where he just like took his eyes off the ball uh, in the overtime, and mm-hmm. it's just like boom, just out of bounds. Like he was, he was out of sync there um, in Miami. But a good win for the Miami Heat. Let's keep it going here. Nuggets 107, Wolves 100. Denver win on the road. Task biggest takeaway. Well, Denver out three starters again. Jamal Murray, their most dynamic guard. Um, Gary Harris and Paul Millsap, but they got that depth on the season. They got six guys scoring in double figures. Look up and down this roster. They are. They have so many players. Michael Porter Jr. comes in, has a beauty game, 20 and 14, double figures in five straight games. I think my biggest takeaway is that they got to make a deal. They got to make a, a two for one or a three for one and let Michael Porter Jr. get some minutes out mm-hmm. there and just, just lose some of that depth. Get an asset. Do something. Because as, as I said, six guys in double figures. And then, you know, you look down the bench, Monte Morris, Mason Plumlee, Malik Bleasy, Torrey Craig, P.J. Bulldozer now is even playing. Uh, and Juan Hernan Gomez is just chilling. He's not even playing at all. There's there's too many guys on this team. And Michael Porter Jr. just come out of nowhere to be a, an incredible, smooth, buttery rookie that looks like he can play playoff minutes. Uh, and I think it's time. Uh, he, I think it's time to uh, to unleash Michael a little bit. I, I, and in doing know, so, you'd like to see them move some of these guys maybe ahead of him a little bit or right there in the pecking order. I think you have to. to open up some more minutes. Yeah. I, th- I think it makes it makes sense, and it's time. You know, we all worry about uh, the Nuggets, and maybe, they just, maybe they're just good. Maybe they don't have a, a star. And maybe Michael Porter Jr., I know it's early in his career, but I think he raises their ceiling a little oh, bit yeah. uh, when, uh, when you just let him rip. And, and there's good players in front of him. 
in solid Gary Harris and solid Monte Morris. A bunch Millsap, of solids. Yeah. Let's see it. Let's yeah. You can probably let Paul Millsap fly after his contract expires this offseason, but uh, maybe get an asset for him, even though he's he's a very good player. Let's see MP fly. And the Wolves, another loss. Oh, yeah. Good. You know we. Six uh, I just. Six I just straight. Yeah, they're a bad team. And Towns is back. Yeah. Yeah. Towns, that, right. Towns has not won a game playing in with the Minnesota Timberwolves since before Thanksgiving. <laughs> he has not won a game in one that he's been playing. That's, that's crazy. crazy. And I know yeah. he was out for a good chunk, but yeah. still, that's insane. A long time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And and the Nuggets were on a back to back as well last yeah. night. Yeah. Like that was a, that was a, their chance. But um, you know, we missed talking about it the other day over the weekend. Andrew Wiggins had a triple double. So, I can't believe that. You taking a little quick flight over to Wiggins Island? Sure. I'm still here. Yeah. Can you bring me some? Uh, can you bring me some rations? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm starving. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry. He went back to his usual oh. last night. Oh. So yeah. yeah, and the triple double. I, I, he, Andrew Wiggins was getting those assists, and I and I asked him what. How many assists is Andrew Wiggins averaging? He put up a one finger, as in. One finger, hold on. I'll tell you in a second. I'm like, one? Is he averaging one assist? Because I would believe you. Right, right. Um, but it's more than that. It's uh, two. It's three and a half. It's actually a career high three and a half because he's had to be a bit of a playmaker on this team. But the numbers keep pouring in. The numbers are fine. Twenty-two and five and three and a half on the season. You want to start? You want to start an Andrew Wiggins for All Star case real quick? Sure. <laughs> to get the coaches to pick him as a reserve. Oh. How many points do you think Andrew Wiggins is averaging during the month of January? He's at 25 a game for the season. 22. 22 a game for the season. <laughs> it's uh, 17. 15 points a game. Oh, yeah. yeah. On 39% shooting. Well, here you go. Here comes the Wiggins scapegoat. Yeah. Uh, as we yeah. talked about. Yeah. But is it, is it a scapegoat? No, no, no. no I, mean, I mean, a lot of it is deserving. Yeah. Uh, especially when you, if you just get teased. You get teased for a good couple weeks. You're like, damn. Everybody flocks to the island, and then it's like, this place sucks. And it comes to, like, this place sucks. Like, the brochure looks so nice, yeah. and you've fooled me. It's uh, He is, like, uh, he's basically the fire Festival is what he is. Right? Yeah. Yeah, well, That's totally. what Wiggins is. The wolves are grifters, you know. They, they'll, they will fool you. Uh, I know I botched uh, the word for Tizo in Finnish, so how do you say Tizo in Canadian? Tizo. Oh. Okay. Then we got it. Good. He's a Tizo. <laughs> yeah. Raptors 122, Hawks 117 down at the Fortress. Little day game. Had a lot of us here uh, from the No Dunk Studio down at the game. A lot of fun. Um, Trey, what's the biggest takeaway, though, from the Raptors' five-point win? It's fun to sit in the worst seats in the house. <laughs> what do you mean? I called in, had to get 11 tickets. I took my two kids and then the nine other mystery children. Right, <laughs> right, right. And I you never once mentioned. Uh, but it's tough to get 11 tickets uh, like a week before the game. Uh, so they're like, oh, yeah, you'll be sitting up there. I was like, okay, row V. That sounds far. <laughs> it ends at W. <laughs> we had W, too. But it was honestly perfect because, like I said, we actually did have five kids there, all ages five to three. So they just stood up and raged the whole time. Right. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Um, and, you know, they're literally just dancing, standing there for the dance cam. Good times. And we got a fun game out of it, too. The Raptors got out to a huge lead. And then because they're the Raptors this year, they gave it all back. Yep. Made it entertaining. Rondé Hollis Jefferson got us all free Chick-fil-A, missed the two free throws, so I'll be hitting that up for lunch. But I got to give a major shout-out to Norm Powell, looking like Ben Gordon out there. Six of nine from three, 17 points in the fourth quarter. Norm Powell has been good this year. Oh my God, he basically won good. that game yeah. for oh the Raps. Yeah. He has been very good, really quietly good too, because I think a lot of people thought Norm isn't that good. Yeah. Uh, and then he got injured. But he has been really, really – and he was good before the injury. But uh, he, he is so important for them because – he became, to me, in the playoffs last year, like, unplayable at times. Him and Fred were unplayable. Fred turned it around. Right. But then uh, Norm, since I mean, since the start of this season, has really become a lot more reliable. He's been in the starting lineup when needed. He's come off the bench when needed and, yeah. uh, and, and played both roles well. So that's huge for him and the Raptors. Well, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about Norm with uh, the Athletics' Eric Kareen again a little bit later when we do our Raptors podcast here on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, the guy I was sitting b- beside at the game, um, I did have a little bit better seats <laughs> than uh, the nosebleeds you had, but he was like, he just kept going talking about the Raptors he was a Hawks fan he's like who are these guys because like <laughs> yeah. Norm couldn't miss a three he's like who's this guy I'm like telling him all about Norm you know, and Norm. stuff like that and uh, Terrence Davis the second he's like who's that guy oh he's undrafted yeah he's playing really well but it was it was the the Raptors bench 
won the Raps the game and then also gave it all back uh, when the Hawks started pressing, and that was fun and it made for a wild. It was so insane at that moment because at that time when the press was on and they were making their comeback and the crowd was still sort of going going nuts and getting into it, Harry the Hawk was right in our section, <laughs> and there were like so many people because I think it was a day game. There were so many kids there too. Like oh, yeah. everybody wanted a photo with Harry, and it was like pandemonium <laughs> in my section. Like, but also like grown women this woman had like three wines and she was so drunk and she wanted a photo with them and she's screaming like it was like so much was going on I could barely concentrate on like this sort of comeback and I was like freaking out that Harry was going to get tackled by all these kids there was a, there was a lot going on there but uh, yeah it was a entertaining game it was perfect for me you know Raps win close game the Chick-fil-A and somehow we saw a 42.15 assist night from yeah. Trey Young felt oh. like he had about 20 and 5 what about that almost play of the oh, year? Where he nutmegged uh, Fred Van, Van Lee, Lee. and oh, missed the three. Man. Yeah, that would have been up there as one of the best plays oh. maybe of all time, at least with the <laughs> dribble and then a three. Yeah. I also saw, heading to this game, a guy in a Terrence Davis the second jersey. He has wow. to be family, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I really wish I went up to him and asked him and, like, you know, like. Why do you have how that? Do you, how do you have that? Yeah, why do you have that? I mean, I love the raps, but a Terrence Davis the second jersey? That's crazy. It's pretty deep. Yeah, he must be family. Um, but fun night down mm. at the Ford. How long did you last there, Lily? Three quarters, yeah. Three, oh, you missed the comeback. Yeah. Oh, and the Chick-fil-A, yeah. yeah. And the dance cam. Yeah. Uh, Tragic. And Sky Squad, the trampoline guys. Man, you missed yeah. it all. Well, not that bad. Yeah, you did. I mean, and the post-game you know. performance by Lecrae. He was there <laughs> at halftime. He was there at post-game as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just with one seven-year-old, and he was into it at times. But uh, you know, there's, there's some breaks in play, and uh, he was usually your, he was your seven-year-old. Yeah, my oh, seven-year-old. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, and usually during those breaks in play, there's some sort of entertainment. Just didn't quite pull him in though. Yesterday, he was distracted, and then uh, yeah, we got to three quarters through, and he said, "I want to go home now." Nah, it's like, not bad. Yeah, I was like, "Fair enough. That's fair enough." Yeah, you know. And the raps were going to win. You were confident about that. Yep. All good. Uh, all right, next one here. Pelicans one twenty six, Grizzlies at home one sixteen. Pelicans get the uh, get the win. High scoring affair here. Lily, biggest takeaway. Drew Holiday is not interested in being on the in the wrong end of Ja Morant highlights. He basically he was his first game back in seven, and he looked incredible. Hit yeah. seven threes, thirty six points. The Pelicans hit a franchise record twenty one. They put this game out of reach. Grizzlies made a comeback, but, yep. the, but the Pelicans had done all the hard work uh, and were able to survive. And Brandon Ingram, uh, again, fantastic for uh, New Orleans. He's going to the All-Star game, no question Ooh, about that. Ooh, locking that in, are you? Uh, yeah, and I just thought, um, you know, with Zion coming back tomorrow night, he's expected to play his very first game for the Pelicans. Considering where this team was a month or so ago, or, or even a bit longer, things have really turned around. And mm-hmm. the Pelicans probably still won't make the playoffs. But you're starting to see some really, really good things out of this team. And, uh, and Drew Holiday, what do they do with Drew? Do they cash in on him now and try to get an asset thinking, you know, he, he's not really going to be a part of their long-term plan, I wouldn't think? Or do they keep him around because having a veteran like that is very, very handy on games like yesterday where early on he posted up Morant, turned around and dunked on him. And it was like, that's a, just a veteran move. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to see Alonzo Ball do something like that. That's not really in his game anyway. But the fact was... The, the Grizzlies have been the hottest team in the league. Pelicans went in there and, and took this game away from them early on. And again, I think a, a leadership, um, a leader and a quality player like Drew Holiday can send that message and, and teach the younger guys how to play. So a bit of a question there for, for David Griffin to decide what to do because, as I say, best case scenario, they go out in the first round of the playoffs for the Pelicans. Or do they say, there's an asset here maybe. Maybe we... Maybe. Uh, exchange Drew here for someone or JJ Reddick is another one I mean there's no point in really keeping an older guy like that on your roster if someone else is prepared to give up something decent for him so we'll see we'll see but uh, yeah good win from New Orleans yeah this is good timing too with the Zion coming back that they're playing well you know you're not asking Zion Williamson to come back right away and say hey man go get us 25 like you're not really having to ask him that you know they beat the Pistons in overtime they beat the Jazz in overtime you all right <laughs> oh my god His booch. <laughs> He botched the booch That guy had a rough 30 seconds there He pounded the mic moving it Then he had a sip of kombucha and he's coughing up a lung Alright I heard a pfft I thought I didn't know if that was the gas from the booch oh or the god. gas from the, from the Alice. Oh my god! It was the Alice confirmed. Oh man, I botched the booch. You, you definitely botched the booch. Just, <laughs> <laughs> your face is red. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's down the wrong hole. Uh. <laughs> get a little uh, mother in your throat. <laughs> yeah, get a little bacteria in your throat. <laughs> anyway, to finish my thought, they beat the Pistons and Jazz in overtime. They had a really, really close uh, game against the Clippers, and Kawhi had to go nuts to get that win. That was a three-point loss. And then they get this one going into Memphis, one of the hottest teams in the league. They get that done. So here you go. Now you just get to add Zion Williamson to the mix. And I don't think a guy like Drew or a guy like Derek Favors or anything like that, I don't think he's going to be moved before the deadline. I think Griff would like to see if they could make a playoff push. I mean, you say they don't, they may not make it. What are they out? Like two games uh, in, in the win column or something like that? Maybe three uh, from the eight spot? Tons of time here. Give it a go. Yeah. See what you got going here with your vets and your young talent. Yeah, they're, they're, they're three and a half back of Memphis okay. right now. But also, should mention, no Derek Favors yesterday, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, another, there was Jackson Hayes was their, their big man, the mm. gangly Jackson Hayes. He's like a young JaVale out there. He's good, he's athletic, he's fast, he's long. Yeah, he's raw. He's raw. That's all right. Give him time. Drew is one of those guys that's unheralded as we talk about every single season, but he's fun to watch in the playoffs. He, he'll perform, and he may not play 80 games for you, um, but he's ready to take it the rest of the way, I think, after missing those seven games comes in. He was balling, and it's odd to think, like, this is his 11th season in the league. He's been a lot, around a long time, but he's only 29. You know, I think there's a difference between him and J.J. Redick on that roster, who's 35. True Holiday can play for several years at a pretty high clip with Zion or whoever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, J.J. could I, – I, I could see him being moved. But um, Holiday's he's great, and he'll be shutting down defenders and if he makes the playoffs. West is tough, though. West is tough. Bucks 111, Bulls 98, Milwaukee another win. They are now 39-6. and six. My biggest takeaway from this one – is only Paris can screw up the Bucks' damn near perfect regular season here. They traveled to France mm. to face Charlotte here uh, on Friday. You know, this is the only thing that could derail the season. Maybe Giannis falls in love with the city of love, <laughs> never comes back, just loves what he has in Paris there. The Lopez twins, maybe they go to Disneyland Paris, they get lost. There's Sometime. a Paris Disneyland? Yes, yeah. that's right. Nice. Uh, Eric Bledsoe could just fall in love with baguettes, French cheese, gain 40 pounds. I don't know. Like, Paris is the only thing that could screw them up. Maybe Nicola Batum of the Charlotte Hornets punches Giannis in the uh, cajones. <laughs> yes, that's right, in the macaroons. Um, but they're they're rolling here still. Yeah, Bulls kept it close, and then the Bucks pulled away. Middleton, he is an all-star lock. If you're putting Simmons as a lock, I think we're also going Middleton. 24 in this one, 10 to 13. Um, and, yeah, they're 39-6, 1-7 straight. They're the Bucs. I will say this. from the, On the other side of things, Lowry Markkinen, put him down as one of the most disappointing players this season. Yep. Right? I mean, what, is this his third year. He was garbage in this. He had eight points, 31 minutes, 2-11 from the floor. One of those was a tip-back offensive rebound. So, 0-7 from three. And he has scored over 20 points just once since the start of the new year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would he, like to see him on a new team, though. Uh, I think there's excuse some... Excuse me. I think there's some talent there and some potential. Yeah, I just maybe. think in that system, whatever that system is, and in Chicago is just not the uh, best environment for so it. So you'd rather ship him out and keep the system around? <laughs> Let's think about what's the problem yeah. here. Like they got Markinen just standing and waiting. Yeah. He's just standing yeah. and waiting the entire time he's out there. He can move. His body moves. Like He can make a play <laughs> off the dribble, but he'll never get a chance. He just waits for Zach Levine to pass it to him. And if he's open enough, he jacks a three. And if he's a little bit scared... He's just going to swing it around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they are not using him the right way, but super disappointing season yeah. for sure. Yeah, it is. It was fun to watch Giannis, Giannis in the post at the at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, his fadeaway, that one step fadeaway is the longest step, I think, in the history of the NBA. The way he, he's on the low block, but he ends up at the free throw line with his fade. And Jim Boylan was kind of being smart putting a center on him. That's how teams sort of shut Giannis down, but they had to double him. They had to. They were, he was killing Daniel Gafford, the rook. Anyways, it was fun just to watch the the physics. Block to high block, or low block to mid block to the elbow. It was odd. It was crazy to see right before, Right before that, too, I was thinking of Trey Kirby. He hit the uh, hook shot. You see there that? There we go. It wasn't like Kareem, you know, that, that dramatic, but it was a little hook shot there. And then, yeah, then Tess said you had that not long after. You had that sort of step back there in the paint. Yeah, he had another monster game and barely played. He's uh, running away with MVP because they're 39 and 6. They're about to be at 40 wins here. Uh, like how many wins are they going to have before the All Star break? Got still like a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like they're going to possibly could be at like 44 or something like that. All right. 
Wizards 106, Pistons 100. We're getting into the nitty-gritty here. <laughs> hey. Tass, biggest takeaway from the Wizards' six-point win at home. Well, Derrick Rose is for real. He's scored 20-plus points in nine straight games. It's not just a little Derrick Rose flash in the pan. He had 21 in this game. And uh, he's standing at the front of that Titanic. Rose is at the front looking for a taker. Come save me from this thing. He's starting, but ideally he'd be coming off the bench as a spark on a better team. He's taken too many shots here. He's had 21 shots in this game. And somebody's going to buy. Someone will buy. He has turned himself into a, a player for a contender. And there's rumors out there I'm sure we'll get to this week about the Lakers. Mm, about the Sixers. Hmm. Someone will be shopping and will pluck Rose off that Titanic. You'll be all right, Rose. You'll be one of the survivors. And also, uh, somebody who didn't survive in this game was uh, Andre Drummond, destroyed by that Bradley Beal crossover. And it's getting a little embarrassing, I think, for Andre Drummond. Just yep. He knew it as soon as it happened. He made that face like, uh the, the bitter coffee face, uh, some are calling it. Um, like he just got destroyed, and uh, it might be uh, might be time for him to get saved off that boat too. Things are things are not looking good in Detroit, and he's not helping himself. I think, like Lowry Markin, and guys can help themselves, but uh, the situation like Chicago is uh, not so good. Yeah, this. I mean, look, the Pistons have two more wins than the Wizards. That's, yeah, that's that's wild to me. I mean, the Wizards have been, they've been playing like G League guys, like half the year at least. And, you know, Beal's back and he had a decent game. I get all that. And Mahimi hit a three. That's cool. Um, but it's like, <laughs> th- that they, I, I, as bad as the Pistons are, and I've always believed that too, but come on, you're not that bad. And yet they're 16 and 28 and the Wizards are 14 and 28. It's garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> not not more, much nope. more to say about those two teams. Not all that fun to watch. I mean, I still obviously like watching Beal, but... That's about it. Um, and the Pistons are just a tough, tough watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll be almost furious at this point if Drummond doesn't get traded or at least Derrick Rose doesn't get traded. Yeah. Like, something. Just switch it up. Jazz 118, Pacers 88. Trey, biggest takeaway. People were right about the Denver to Utah overnight trip being the hardest trip in the league because the Pacers basically just didn't stand a chance no. against the Jazz last night. Uh, you got to play perfect to beat the Jazz right now in general because they're going to make things so tough defensively. And when you're a step slow, when you're not executing uh, to the level you need to be, it can end up as a blowout. And that's exactly what happened with the Pacers. It was their fourth game in six days, third and four nights, two and two nights, whatever way you want to slice it. They lost by 30 to the Jazz, and it wasn't even really close for the entirety of the game. And this is how the Jazz pile up wins. Year after year after year, the season gets longer and longer. You have to play more and more games, and the defense just keeps showing up and showing up, and next thing you know, they're over 50 wins. It's going to happen again. Rudy Gobert got credited with one block in last night's game. It felt like he had way more, but just the amount of shots that he challenged or contested or that the paces put up on the rim, but Rudy was there or someone else was there for the Jazz. It felt like almost every time they went inside, Sabonis, you know, he's a big, strong guy. He's been using that body well this year. He looked last night like almost like a boy going up against uh, Rudy Gobert. So, yeah, Pacers. yeah, the Jazz didn't even play that well no. offensively. They had 21, 21 turnovers, turnovers and they won yeah. by 30. Yeah, so a bit of a schedule loss there for sure. It's cool to see Mike Conley get into his flow a little bit. He's yes. six, of, six of eight. Looked a little bouncy, a little hoppy Conley uh, coming off the bench. And do they change it? I don't think they do. I think they keep that $30 million man in that perfect role. And it's not like he can't finish games. And he makes, I think he makes them a little bit more lethal. If When it comes to your, your closing lineup, if you have Mitchell beside a, a bouncy Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich firing away, getting into his flow, Joe Ingles getting into his flow because he can handle the ball at the beginning of games, and Rudy. I mean, they all have to be playing well, I think, to, for them to be a real, real contender. But... Uh, I want to put them in that category. I, I, I do. I, I do. loved the comparison you made the other day about could Conley be a Ginobili-like and, yeah, come off the bench, be the spark plug, and then finish games. Um, yeah, sure, if that's happening for the Utah Jazz. Man. They're cheering for him like he's a fan-favorite victory cigar right now. Anytime that guy makes a shot, it's like the entire bench is going crazy, yeah. the entire crowd is going crazy. So maybe Lee's right. Maybe the fact that it's not actually the Jazz's contract that they signed him to, that's an easy way to say, hey, you're just a teammate of yeah, us. Nope. It doesn't matter that you're one of the highest paid players on the team. Come help us out. Two more games left. Lili, Magic 106, Hornets 83. 
Sorry to give this one to you. What's your big <laughs> takeaway from the Magic killing the Hornets? Good news for the Hornets is they are also going to Paris, and uh, <laughs> so they they won't uh, get killed at in America this time. Um, yeah. We should never, ever get excited about the uh, Hornets when they have one of those um, galvanizing wins, you know, over someone. Like, they beat the Mavericks in Dallas. I think that was maybe even their last victory because you see Devontae Graham hitting threes and you think, all-star. You know, there's a buzz about Devontae Graham being an all-star. That's not going to happen. Um, yeah, 15 and 30, the Hornets are right now. They're, they're, they're just bad. They're bad and they're getting worse. And um, I don't know what to do. Orlando actually finished this six-game road trip three and three. They're a reasonable team. Yeah, they're getting closer to five hundred here. Yeah, but they're also, you know, that, that was a, the last game of a road trip to be in Charlotte's a pretty good one uh, to to play on because, I mean, what, what's the what's the upside right now of the Hornets? I really don't see it. I mean, it's, it's, I'm just a flabbergasted that they can be so bad for so long. <laughs> You know. Well, I guess here, here's a here's some silver linings. Nikola Batum, maybe he'll turn down his player option next year. <laughs> they hope, they Not gotta, likely. But they got to leave him in Paris. Bismack Biombo, his contract is up. Marvin Williams, his contract is up. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, his contract is up. So at least you've got a guy in Devontae Graham who you can have as a starter. Terry Rozier seems like at least a starter quality guy. P.J. Washington as well. There's your big three. Throw a bunch of money at Andre Drummond. There's your, there's your big. Come on, you yeah. know what's going to happen. You're knocking on 35 wins right there. <laughs> that might be playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, I think someone like Graham is okay, but there's just no one on that team that, that that's a franchise-altering player. No. And that's what Charlotte hasn't had. I mean, when was the last time they had a franchise-altering player on Kemba, their team? Kemba, probably. You're not going to even consider Kemba? Uh, well, not, not into the point where... You know, I mean, what was the, what was their high ceiling mark with Kemba? I think they uh, they won three playoff games, mm-hmm. I yeah. believe. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, no, not to you. disrespect Kemba, he was good, and we're seeing now on a better team, he's he's thriving a lot better. But Charlotte's recruitment and drafting has been bad, and, and they, their development hasn't really been. I mean, Kid Gilchrist is still on the roster. They drafted him before Beal. How I'm surprised how how he could even still be in the league. Really, I mean, yeah, that is like you go back to the Bobcats era with that and how close they came to actually getting Anthony Davis and how things could have been completely different yeah. and they ended up with Michael Kidd Gilchrist. They were able to keep their draft pick from that year longer than the Pelicans were, but hasn't really mattered. Yeah. That's why you got to get the number one in a good year. Final one. Knicks 106, Cavs 86. Yes, New York, huge win. My biggest takeaway from this, Knicks coach Mike Miller should be a model on the prices Right. Because he is showcasing these Knicks veterans hard <laughs> ahead of the trade deadline. For the second consecutive game, he started Morris, Randall, Peyton, Bullock, and Taj Gibson. He is leaning into showing off these guys. Who wants them? Make me a deal. Look at these guys. Randall, 19. Morris, 19. Who wants them? But look, like Derek Rose Tass, I think Marcus Morris would be an excellent trade li- trade deadline sort of addition for a lot of teams, especially a contending team. You know, he tweaked his ankle um, in last night's game. You hope he's okay. It was like one of those four-point plays. Kevin Love sort of sl- slid under him. Got the got the tech, the flagrant foul for being under him. He hit the three, but he crumpled to the, to the floor. Hopefully it's nothing too serious because, oh my god, they could probably get something from Marcus Morris, and they should probably move on from Marcus Morris if you're the Knicks. Um, but I think that's exactly what Mike Miller and, and, you know, the Knicks organization is doing here. They're like, Hey, check out these guys. Who do you make us an offer? What do you want to give us for some of these guys that could maybe help you in your playoff push? Uh, specifically, Marcus Morris, who I think uh, really could help a number of teams as like a guy that can hit a three, give you a little scrappiness on the defensive end. You know, played in big games before, mm-hmm. start some fight. playoff games. Yeah, exactly. You always need a crazy guy in your exactly. team. Exactly. Get them on the Rockets. Seems like they could use somebody who wants to mix it up with people and i always like that marcus morris is in on a bit like he like he's like yeah we're gonna wear all black we're all gonna dress like a funeral for this uh playoff series i'll do that that's no big deal we lost by 25 to the suns i'll say we're still the better team i should be traded i'll say that i want to stay at nick forever the guy doesn't care what he says so put him somewhere where they need a little spunk so nice nicks win there all right that's all 14 games guys we did it jd tweet of the night Mm, tweet of the night wow twitter Well, I went back and forth on this one because it's, it's a bummer. Not going to lie. Okay. Uh, yesterday, there were a couple of uh, disturbing videos going around uh, of former player Delonte West 
The first was of him getting beaten up by a guy in the middle of the road. The next was presumably body cam footage of a cop questioning him about the altercation. And it's heartbreaking to watch. It's pretty well known that Delante has suffered from mental illness, specifically bipolar disorder, Mm -hmm. pretty much all of his life. And it it just sucks to see a guy suffering like this. Uh, So on Twitter, a lot of people were calling out the NBA and and saying, hey, they should step in and and help him. And I get that. They have deep pockets. Uh, He did play in the league for, what, nine years? Yeah, something Uh, like that. It was a while. But that doesn't sit well with me. The NBA does a great job with mental health mandating that each team have a full-time mental health professional on staff. That's just one example. But once a player is no longer in the league, I don't think the league should be responsible for them. So who should be responsible for Delonte West? Who should be responsible for Delonte West and the 45 million other Americans suffering from mental illness? Well, it's us. The answer is us. It's our responsibility. Delonte has made millions of dollars playing in the NBA. He's got a lot of support coming out on Twitter. Uh, And if he wants the help, I think he's going to have access to the help. But even he slipped through the cracks. Next Wednesday, January 29th, is Bell Let's Talk Day. If you're in Canada, I encourage you to participate. But if you're not in Canada, you can still go to letstalk.bell.ca to find out how you can make a difference. Also, universal health care. That's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, was cr- I, uh, I'm sure like a lot of people, I saw that video go around, I sent it to you guys, like, is this Delonte yeah, West? Yeah. I was like, <clears throat> it looks like him, but I don't know if it, like, and then I'm like quickly looking at his tattoos Definitely and stuff. I'm like, tattoos. oh my God, it is Delonte West. Yeah, it's, uh, you're right. I mean, I know a lot of former players and stuff like that. Jameer Nelson has talked about, you know, being in contact with him before, uh, you know, I assume they want to help him, but you got to accept the help too. Exactly, that's I think, a big and part that was it. that's sort of the underlying thing that I read in Jameer's statement was just, you know, this kind of thing is so hard to treat, and yeah. it's like, you know, he's he is a grown man, and if he doesn't accept the help, and that's part of the disease, right? Like, yeah. It, yeah. you don't think there's anything wrong, or you're not in touch with reality, so it's it's so hard to treat and. It can be really frustrating for friends and families. All the more reason to, you know, go to participate in things like Let's Talk, uh, the Bell thing. Initiative, yeah. And, uh, and just be, being more aware and figuring out how we can all tackle this as a society. A depressing, but uh, it is um, much needed uh, tweet of the night there, JD, and sending our best to obviously Delonte West. Also throw in there Chandler Parsons as well mm. with that crazy news coming out after his car injury. Sending our best to both those guys. All right, pick 'em results presented by Cash App. This segment is brought to you by Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends, like when you spilled that wine on his white shirt. <laughs> Whoops. But Cash App does way more than that. Cash App is also the easiest way to try and grow your money with their new investing feature. Unlike investing tools that force you to buy entire shares of stock, Cash App lets you instantly invest as little or as much as you want. This way you can still own a piece of any stock with just $1. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. Is The Athletic publicly traded? No? Ugh. But you can buy a subscription. (laughs) We are also excited to be working with Cash App to support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you receive $10, but Cash App will also donate $10 to the ACLU. Do it. Don't forget promo code NODUNKS, one word, when you download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today. Last night's game, Monday night, from those 14 games, was the Pacers in Utah to take on the Jazz. Jazz were favored by 7.5, got the 30-point win. That's a victory for myself, for Tassie, and for Trey Lili. Ooh, falling back to earth a little bit here, yeah. made after your very hot start. <laughs> you got the L there taking the Pacers. So Lili still leads us here in January. You're 8-5. and five. Myself and Trey are 7-6. and six, And Tass right there now at 6-7. and seven. Well, we know what tonight's game is, Tass, but what is the line? There's only one game on. Yeah, the Clippers and the Mavericks, the only two lazy teams that didn't play on MLK Day. <laughs> right. Uh, they'll be playing tonight. It's the only game. Dallas favored by one and a half points at home, so basically a coin flipper. It's the second meeting between these two teams 
this season. They played just before American Thanksgiving in November. The Clippers won that by 15, and it was in Dallas, just like this one. Mm. Luka led the Mavs with 22, but shot only 4 of 14 against that vaunted Clippers D. He hit 14 free throws. So I'm going with the Clippers. You're going with the Clippers. Wow, Tass, jumping right into it. Yeah. Well, Porzingis is expected to be back. Yeah. Paul George, I do not think He's is out. playing for uh, the Clips. So, yeah. yes, uh, Lee, why don't you go Yeah, next? I'm sticking with the Clippers. I think uh, Kawhi defense, and Kawhi's been balling lately. He so. has. He has been on a tear. This is a massive road trip here for the Clippers, too. Um, it's their second one of six, but they beat the Pelicans on Saturday in a close one, though. Trade, where are you going? Well, I see that the Dallas Mavericks have a record over 500, which means the Clippers will play hard, and they're the <laughs> underdog. So give me the Clippers. I'm swerving. I'm swerving today, guys. Give me the Mavs. It's a weird line. I, I'm a little, mm. I can't really figure it out. I guess the Porzingis bump helps, but uh, all right. Give me uh, KP and the Mavs. Luka, monster game, hopefully. I'm the only one taking Dallas to win by two or more. Everybody else has the Clips. Good luck, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us today. New podcast later today, all about the Toronto Raptors and a whole lot more with The Athletic's Raps beat writer, Eric Kareen. Should be fun. If you're not a member of The Athletic and you want to read guys like Eric Kareen, come on, get in the game. Get 40% off your subscription today. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Hey, Clipper Bros, thanks for joining us. And remember, the Clipper Bros are in the game, so why don't you get in the game? Theathletic.com slash no dunks. Embrace the day, people. You could stay.